there are ways to describe what's been going on for some species around London and, and really around the world. We have seen species dying off. We just have. And in some cases, at unprecedented rates. And frogs and other reptiles sometimes fall into that category. You're going to look at a lot of frog species that are either endangered or we just don't see them anymore. So when it comes to preserving species, sometimes those species need a little bit of help. And that has been going on. It isn't exactly the bottom of the ninth for turtles in this area. We don't exactly have nobody on and two out. By the way, the Jays didn't get anything more in the top of the eighth. So game's headed to the bottom of the eighth. It is still 5-2 Oakland. But turtle species have been struggling. And Upper Thames River Conservation Authority is aiming to do something about that. Not only that, they are doing something about it. And this sounds like absolutely impossible work. We had a chance to catch up with Scott Gillingham from Upper Thames River Conservation Authority because he is somebody who knows what the work is all about because he's been doing it. Scott is releasing 10,000 turtle hatchlings into the wild. So think about that for a second. 10,000 turtle hatchlings into the wild just around this area. And that brings up so many questions. Like, Scott, don't turtles just hatch on their own? Well, basically, uh, turtles have a lot of problems, a lot of issues that face them in the wild, uh, even more so now that humans are on the scene. And because of some of those threats, uh, we need to remove those eggs from the wild, incubate them in our lab, and then we release the young back into the wild. So we get them past their most susceptible dangerous stage of life so you actually have to go out and find these turtle eggs yes we do yeah it is a um not always the easiest task sometimes the females leave a bit of an indication where they've nested other times raccoons uh people uh you know heavy rains have obscured the tracks so based on uh, many years experience uh, and some luck, uh, we end up getting uh, good results with the number of nests that we find. Scott, all of a sudden, this number, 10,000, is looking incredible when this is this is a needle in a haystack search. Yeah, so there's a, a, a few things at play here. So we do hit up sites where we know the turtles nest. So there are some communal nesting sites. Others we find by chance. Maybe we see the turtle nesting. And others, members of the public call in and tell us where the turtle's been nesting. And we also work with a couple partners as well that uh, we assist in their incubation of eggs. We're talking with Scott Gillingwater with the Upper Thames River Conservation Authority. Scott is a species at risk biologist. And we're talking about finding turtle eggs, then bringing them inside, helping to incubate them, and then releasing them back into the wild. Okay, so you you find these eggs. Where do you put them to transport them inside, and, and where do they even go inside? Well, basically, uh, turtle eggs, you have to be very careful. You can't turn them, uh, shake them harshly because the embryo does attach to the inside wall of the egg, and uh, you can damage that embryo. So we have to be very careful. We pack them tight in damp soil where we find the uh, eggs. And we transport them either by foot or via canoe until we get to our vehicle and from our vehicle to our lab. And from there, we switch them out of the soil and into vermiculite, which is uh, a 
you know, something that people use in planting soils and, and garden soils to keep the humidity up. And that provides the uh, you know, optimum amount of humidity or moisture during the incubation process if we add water to it. So that's kind of the, the main way we get them uh, from the field to the lab. And you get them to the lab. Scott, how long do they stay? Well, it depends on the species. Uh, painted turtles, map turtles, spotted turtles, and a couple others may hatch in as early as 50 to 55 days based on the incubation temperatures that we provide. However, some species like the spiny softshell turtle and the snapping turtle, they may take uh, 60 to 65 days to hatch. However, these numbers would be much longer in the wild because we do have cool evenings or cool days in between. So they might take as much as, uh, you know, well over 100 days to hatch in the wild where we can get them out sooner. They can put on some fat stores before winter and uh, carry out their lives after that. Scott Gillingwater joining us, species at risk biologist. Scott is with the Upper Thames River Conservation Authority. And then do you have to take the turtles back to where you found them or can they go back to really any location? Uh, we we intend to take them back where the nest was laid as long as it's safe to do so in that general area. So in cases where uh, the turtle is at the side of a road and there's no nearby wetland, we will take the young to the closest safe wetland. And what I mean by safe is that it provides nursery habitat, and that is shallow water with a lot of aquatic vegetation, soft bottom, but also access to deeper water for the winter. And so it does take quite a bit of time. You know, I've been working seven days a week since July 30th, uh, but it's, you know, all worth it in the end because turtles are one of the most at-risk groups of animals on the planet. And if we are not proactive in our conservation work and in our efforts to protect them, we will lose them. And we can see here in Ontario alone, of our eight species of turtles, all are listed at some degree of risk from endangered all the way down to special concern. Really? So if you didn't do this, what do you anticipate might happen and, and how quickly would that happen? Well, we've been able to prove over the years that if we do not go out and protect the nest of the spiny softshell turtle, which is a floodplain nester, which means it nests closer to the water than a lot of our other species, uh, we would have 0% hatch success in the wild because of non-native plants, uh, flooding and extreme storm events with climate change, with compaction from people, from ATVs, from cattle, etc. Uh, again, you know, based on uh, almost 30 years of, of working with them, we have found that if they're left to their own devices under the current um, threats that people have caused, we would have zero hatching. Instead, we're going to be releasing five to 7,000 softshell turtles back into the wild and a few thousand of the other species that we have in the general area. Well, this is fantastic work that you are doing. Scott, we really appreciate you taking some time and hopefully you get a day off soon. Do you have one marked on your calendar? Are the turtles almost back? I'm aiming for this coming Monday, uh, but thanks. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Uh, and, uh, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, your listeners will uh, help a turtle across the road if it's safe to do so, because they really do need a helping hand with, with people these days. Let's do it. Scott, thanks for your helping hand. All right. Take care. That is Scott Gillingham, Species at Risk Specialist for the Upper Thames River Conservation Authority. Imagine that, finding 10,000 turtle eggs and then finding a way to hatch them safely. And now you've got to return 10,000 turtles to roughly where they all came from. How big a room do you need? I guess we now know, you know those old rooms that had computers in them in the 60s? 
You needed an entire room for what you now have on your phone that wasn't half as powerful, wasn't even a fraction as powerful as your phone is. I think that's what they're using those rooms for now. They're just full of turtles. It would make sense. I don't know that. That's, that's just completely made up. 